0: We're in a study on the church, the radiant bride of Jesus Christ, that hidden mystery now revealed in these last days, the perfect plan of the Lord God executed through His Son, administered by His Spirit, calling the world unto salvation in the kingdom of God. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, just put your finger there, we'll eventually get there. I want to sum up where we've been in these last few weeks for you to recognize the theme of this book of Ephesians and the grandeur of the church and the beauty of God and His purposes. The kingdom of God is here to fill the earth and to fill all things. God is an expansive God. He is life and in Him is the fullness of life and, and He continues to fill Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you what? Life and life abundantly filling, growing, moving. He said that I have come to give you joy and that your joy would be full. Do you see the fullness of God is continually, he says, wait upon me till you are filled with the Holy Spirit, God's expression of life is fullness, joy to the full, spirit to the full, life to the full. What I've begun in you, I will complete. There's a fullness in all that God is doing. He will not stop. You cannot stop Christ Jesus. Where sin abounds, grace is going to overabound, superabound. This life This purpose of God cannot stop. It started in you as an imperishable seed. And this seed is growing and it is filling. And you may delay it. You may push back against it. But it is moving and it is growing in you. And it is expanding in you the fullness of God. And so what we found in chapter 1 of Ephesians is that God had a plan for the fullness of In chapter 1, 9 and 10 he says, Making known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. For what reason? To unite all things in him. Things in heaven and things on earth. God is uniting all things together in Christ Jesus in the fullness of time. Time is coming to the fullness of its capacity for the plan of God. God's got a plan that was held secret that He released on the day of Pentecost and its fullness is increasing. We're 2,000 years after the day of Pentecost. Everybody wants to go back to the day of Pentecost. Don't go back to the match. Go forward to the bonfire that is waiting for the church. Amen? That thing started with a flame of 120 people. We're talking about a bonfire in the earth and the fullness of God's plan and purpose for this church to unite and so that in Christ He's going to unite all things in Him, all things in heaven to all things on earth. Come on, you're going to see this wonderful, spectacular thing happen. It's happening in you. God is uniting His eternal purpose and plan for you in the heavenlies into your body and into your being so that He can unite all of heaven that's got a plan for you into all of you. (laughs) The fullness is coming in your life too. And that's the hidden thing that He's bringing. But next He says this. For you are His workmanship. His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Those are the things from heaven that are invading your earth. Do you understand? You're His workmanship. You're His masterpiece. The Greek word is poem, and it's a written literary masterpiece of beauty and prose that is written about you, your story. That was set, your workmanship created in Christ Jesus before time began. So heaven's got your story. And it's being released every chapter at a time. Now I don't know about you, <coughs> there's some chapters I've repeated. You ever been there? You ever read something and you didn't remember a thing you read? <coughs> I, I tend to do that with my own walk. I don't get chapter 3 until I'm done with chapter 2. I don't know, maybe we're on chapter 7. I don't know how many chapters there are for you. But heaven's downloading the next chapter of your life. Some of you, you want to close a chapter off. How many of you are done with the chapter you've been in? How many of you are looking forward to a new chapter in life? The download of what heaven's got for you. But our God is an amazing author. He brings a lot of twists and turns to the plot. How many of you know that? Oh, man, when you read the next chapter, you go, no, not this. I didn't see this coming. You ever been there? But he brings all of it to his glory. And he's making you his masterpiece. And he says that we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So that's the church and we're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone in whom the whole structure is being joined together. Say joined together. We got a word this morning where God says come on, join together. Come together in unity Because remember, He's filling all things, uniting all things in Him. And so the church is coming together, joined together, till it grows up into the holy temple of the Lord. Why? Because in Him, you also are being built together as a dwelling place for God by His Spirit. So we are the dwelling place for God by His Spirit. That's what's uniting heaven to earth is you, Christian, you the believer. God has made a container. How many of you know that in the cool of the day, he went to be with Adam and Eve, but they had sinned. He had come to tabernacle. He had come to dwell with them, but the sin had refused that meeting. So he had established the tabernacle in the wilderness with Moses and the nation of Israel that he could dwell in the midst of his people. But he had to have an atonement system, a a sacrificial system as a way for him to continue to inhabit with the people. And it came into Solomon's temple. They built the temple where God's presence was until Christ came. And Christ brought the presence of God into the earth. But he said, it's better for you that I go because my blood was going to create the opportunity for there to not just be one temple uh, for all the people. But in fact, all the people would become the temple of God. And so heaven is invading earth in you. And the fullness of heaven that he wants to fill is you. He wants to make a dwelling place for you in you by his spirit. How many of you know God's in you? No, you don't. How many of you know God's in you? Are you sure? Are you the priest of that temple? This body's not yours, you were bought with a price, you no longer are your own. Therefore, honor God in this temple. Amen. This is the temple of God. Are we sure that we're, we're believing this is the temple of God? Are your eyes operating as a priest of God? Are your ears operating as a priest of God? Are you bringing the presence of God in the places that you should be? And are you avoiding the unclean things? Because he's made a dwelling place, and I'm telling you what, he wants to fill you up. The thing about God is he wants to fill you up so much that you begin to spill over. You begin to pour out. In fact, he said, I'm going to fill you up so much that rivers of living water, not a trickle, not a drip, rivers are going to flow out of you. That means that his presence has filled you with such a fullness that everybody around you knows they went to church when they stood next to you. They went to church. They felt something different. They recognized an anointing. They don't even know what to call it. They don't know that Jesus word, anointing. They don't know church words. They don't, need, they don't understand glory. But they felt it when they were next to you. Because it's pouring out of you. Because it's increasing. Because God wants to fill all things in heaven and on earth. And you're the agent by which he is going to do this. He said that in chapter 3, he said he's going to bring the light to everyone. What is the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages from, by God who created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Heaven is now funneling into you on the earth and you are bringing the presence and the fullness of Jesus where you work, where you play, where you live, where you sleep. You are the fullness of God. You're heaven come to earth. You're the portal of God's divine action and will that was hidden as a mystery that now He's revealed through His Holy Spirit. You are That hidden mystery. You're the stewards of this mystery. And now that is being made known by all the the angels and the demons and the principalities are watching the church. And they're being schooled in God's love by us. Come on. They don't know the difference. They don't understand how to respond to God in love. They were just created to walk in obedience to God. The demons rebelled against it. They know nothing but rebellion. And they're watching a people who choose to honor God out of a will that could have its own way, but this time decided to do it his way. Out of love and devotion, the the demons don't get it. They hate it. They hate when you obey Jesus. They, they snarl at you. They're just, their plans and their purposes are being broken because you're deciding to say yes in love to Jesus Christ. He said, I'm going to make a dwelling for you. And he goes that you are being rooted and grounded in this love that you choose. And so Paul prays, may, may you have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what's the breadth and the length and the height and the depth And to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. That you may be what? Filled with all the fullness of God. There it is again. Do you think he's got a desire? What is it? Fill us. Fill us. He's going to fill heaven and earth with his glory. And the way he's going to do that is fill you with his glory. He wants to fill us with some of the fullness of Of God. What? (laughs) He wants to fill us with all the fullness of God. Now look at Solomon was dedicating his temple. His daddy bought all the supplies. His daddy got all the furniture, all the timber, all the gold, all the silver, all the bronze, all the stonework, all of that. It was his joy to collect everything he could. He couldn't make it, but he could sure prepare for it. And David brought all this stuff, but then Solomon got to build it. According to his father's plans, Solomon's built this glorious, amazing temple. It was amazing, so brilliant, so wonderful. The, the white marble and stone, they say, when the sun rose up in the morning and hit the white temple of Solomon, it glowed and the two bronze pillars in front were just beaming with light. It was in a light show like never seen before. It was glorious. And Solomon is sacrificing. And all the priests are sacrificing the animals at the dedication for God's glory. And Solomon says this. How is it that we would ask you, O God of all the universe, to come and dwell in a temple made by hand? And the glory of God came and filled that place and it caused them to not even be able to enter in because the glory was so great. Well, let me ask you something. God's plan is to fill us, to be filled with all the fullness of God. How is this weak body supposed to be filled with the fullness of God? This is what the angels are being schooled in. This is what the angels want to know. They can't figure that out. They get to fly. They get in the presence. They get to see the glory of God, his throne, and everything else. They want to understand how in the world can all of God's majesty and glory fit into one of them stinking human beings. It's not a matter of size. It's a matter of the capacity of love. It's a matter of the expression of God moving through you. How many of you know that? You know, you can put a 220 volt on a little wire, can't you? That tiny little wire. Oh, it's a 220 wire. It doesn't look very big. It's called, You know what? So I'm just going to hold it. But the power in that little 220 wire can knock you on your feet. It's not about how big we are for his fullness to be in us. It's the capacity of our faith and trust and love of expressing who He is in His fullness. I don't want to express half of God. I don't want to give somebody a quarter of the perception of who Jesus is. I want to know God in His fullness. That's what his prayer is, that you would know the height, the width, the breadth, and the depth of his love, which surpasses understanding. This isn't about your ability to understand. This is your ability to express and give what God gave you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's it's so that the fullness of God's own nature is going to flow through us. This is an awesome thing, and it's God's plan to fill, to fill to fill to fill us up He goes on in chapter 4 he says there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and one father over all who is over all and through all and in all I tell you he he wants to invade He wants to invade, and he wants to fill up. He wants to pour out, and he wants to increase. That that is why status quo should never exist in the body of Christ. That is why we should never be satisfied staying in the same place. I'm not satisfied with what we're doing right now. I want more. I want more. Does anybody else want more? He said more. He said, I'm going to give you the fullness of who I am. And I'll tell you what, I haven't drunk enough of that. I want more. How many of you have ever eaten a really good meal? And you're full, but you, you, you want more. I need more of that. Oh, man, I need more of that. And then there's dessert, too. I need more of that. He is over all, through all, and in all. That's his church. He is the head of the church. He is over the church. He is through, he is in all of us. And he's operating to do his will so that he can bring heaven to earth. He wants to invade and fill, invade and fill, invade and fill. Never should the church retreat. That is not the nature of God. Even when you're in a fight with the devil, he doesn't say run, he doesn't say leave, he doesn't say move. He says stand. Stand. You never, never, never lose ground to the devil. Never. You stand. When it comes to lust, what do you do? You flee. You flee. But when it comes to him... He is over all, through all, in all, so that he may fill all with all the capacity of God in his fullness to bring all of heaven into all the earth. Are you getting the picture here? Do you think he's got a big plan? Yeah, 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 it's not small. And so how much of our lives have we been allowing God to consume? Or are we holding him back? This is what Ephesians is about. It's about a robust, growing, and ever-increasing presence of God. He goes on he says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, now we're in chapter 4, verse 8, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, what does this mean This is the verse where we understand that where Christ descended into the lower parts of Hades and hell, and he took captive those who were in Abraham's bosom. Those are the righteous saints from all of the Old Testament. As Jesus told the story of Lazarus and the rich man, and you saw that there were two compartments of Sheol or the grave, and one was paradise, or Abraham's bosom. Those were those who were covered by the, the uh, uh, faith in God, Jehovah's covenants. And there were those who were in the lower parts in torment and in hell. And there was a great chasm between them. It was a holding tank. No one could go before the presence of God because the blood of Jesus had not yet been atoned and given. So it was a holding place. Once Jesus said it is finished and his blood was spilt, he descended into those places of upper Sheol, of Abraham's bosom of what is paradise. And he led those who were captive, captive in his train or his parade into the presence of God. For Adam and all the prophets and David and Solomon could now walk into the very throne room of God because the blood of Jesus was sprinkled by the eternal Spirit before the throne of the Father. Now in this new dispensation to die or to be absent from the body immediately is to be present with Christ. You don't have to go to a holding tank somewhere else. You get to be right in the presence of God. And so he descended. See, he filled up. He was going to take captive those who had been waiting and waiting for the promises. And he proclaimed who he was and took them into the presence of God. And so when he ascended on high, he led host of captives. And as he led forth into the presence of God, he then poured out his gifts to his church. This is in keeping with the wedding ritual that is traditional in Judaism. That when a man becomes betrothed to a bride, he comes to the house and he brings three things with him. He brings his word or his promise that promise is a declaration of what he will do for this bride and what she will become and what he will offer her. And he gives it to his father, the father of the bride. And so Jesus came and gave us his word, did he not? For three years he taught us what he would do and how he would be. And secondly, he gave gifts. The The bridegroom would give a gift to the bride as she waited for his return. That gift would remind her that she was betrothed, and that she was waiting for her bridegroom to return, and she would remember him through the gifts that were given. It says that as he ascended, he gave the gifts. He's going to his father's house to prepare a place for us, but he gave us gifts so that while we're waiting for him, we would not forget him, but we would be filled with a love for him. Amen? The last thing he would do is he would take the cup of redemption and he would drink the cup of redemption from the Passover meal. It's the cup by which he purchased his bride. And that's why Jesus said, this wine is my blood. It bought the bride. It was the cup that he paid to drink. And he said, I will not drink of this cup again till I come back for my bride. And so he gave us the three things that a betrothed Jewish man would give to his bride. And she'd want to know, when will you return? When are you coming back? And the bridegroom would say, it is not for me to know the day or the hour, but my father will know. Jesus wasn't saying he was ignorant. Jesus wasn't saying he wasn't God and didn't understand. He was using a Jewish colloquialism. He was saying that in Judaism, it's the father's determination when I'd come back. I'm going to prepare a place for you. See, because the average Jewish guy, when he would go to his father's house to build, to get his wife to come live at his father's house, he could put, pitch a tent, put a couple pieces of cardboard, I'm going to get my woman. Father said, no, 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 no. We're not ready yet. You build, you build. And what he's doing, Father is building to full capacity. How many of you know that Father is building a house to full capacity so that more would be saved? More people, a bride that is glorious. Not escaping out of trouble, but being radiant and glorious. And He's building, and He will send the Son. And so He gave gifts to us. He took captive those who were waiting, took them up, and He gave gifts unto us. Now look at why He gave us gifts. He goes on. In saying He ascended, what does it mean that He had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? Verse 10. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens. Why? That he might fill all things. There it is again. Is the glass half full or half empty? With Jesus, it ain't done till it's full and overflowing. God will never quit on you God's goal and dream for you is to be filled with an abundance of life, filled with an abundance of joy, filled with an abundance of patience, filled with an abundance of love, filled with an abundance of peace, filled with all of His nature in us. What we're lacking is because we're not trusting. He wants to fill us. Do you understand what He's saying here in the realm of the cosmos? He's... Going to fill all things. It was His purpose and destiny and plan to fill all of the physical created universe with His glory. And mankind fell. See, people say, we can't be the only creatures in this creation. There's got to be aliens and life forms on other solar systems and on other planets. You know why they say that? Because it's so big. Well, it's so big because God's plans are always big. It's so big, but it's empty and void. It's, it's empty of what God had purposed and planned because we messed it up at the beginning. God had a plan. He told Adam and Eve that they were to d- take dominion. And to spread and cultivate and to take dominion over all the earth. I believe that they were going to take dominion over all the earth. Then they were going to take dominion of all the solar systems. Then they were going to take dominion and bring His glory and presence all over. It's still His plan. He's going to fill all things. But first, He's going to wash it all in fire to cleanse out all sin. But what do you think it means that He's going to fill all things? That He's going to take up... We inherit all the works of His hands... That includes every planet, every star, every solar system, everything that there is. Woo! What, do you think, you're going to sit on a cloud all day and play a harp? We think, there's a mansion up over the hilltop. And we get there, I'm going to have a little pond in the back. Going to have a little picture window out there. I'm just going to sit and drink tea. Oh, it's time to praise Jesus. Fring, fring, fring. You're not meant for heaven. You weren't made to dwell in the, in the heavenlies. You were made to fill the physical realm. You're a physical being where the glory of God comes to fill so that you would fill planet earth. We would fill the cosmos so that he might fill all things in heaven and earth and below the earth. Oh, we think way too small. Way too small. And you're just trying to keep a status quo with your life. Just trying to make sure the bills are paid and everything's just set. Do you know that your capacity to fill all things with the glory of God is being underappreciated? What God can do with you and me. We've got to discover this. Now, how is he going to do this? That he may fill all things. Look at what I have expressed to you from chapter 1 to chapter 4 is this. That God said he's going to unite all things in him. All things in heaven and all things on the earth. So that he would bring a dwelling place for God by the Spirit in you. So that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. So that he would be over all, through all, and in all. That he might fill all things. Is there a theme here? An expanding capacity of His glory. Come on, He wants to fill it, fill it, fill it. This is the problem. I don't know if you remember the teaching I did with a hardened heart. This is the problem He had with His disciples. Every time He showed them a greater revelation of who He was, they couldn't believe Him. And He said, you have hardened hearts. And what that means is, it doesn't mean that they had sin. it means that they couldn't expand the capacity of understanding to the next revelation of who He is. Half of us have Jesus in a box. Many of us have Him still nailed to a cross. But He is here to fill all things and expand all things. The word of the Lord came this morning that He wants to break down all the walls. He's expansive. He wants to come into the places and the corners of your own heart that have not been touched by Him. Do you know that there's parts of your mind and intellect, your soul, and your will that have not been healed yet by Jesus Christ? Can, anybody, can I get a witness on that? How many of you know that? There are areas that I believe and that I've trusted in that are not of God. There are dimensions in me that are broken and wounded and busted. The way I react and the way I respond, the way I do things, is because of some kind of pattern established in my flesh. Jesus has been waiting to invade and heal that and cleanse that woundedness. He wants to expand in us. But if we won't let Him, He can't go there. Because He's given you the freedom of a will. But it is His goal to unite all things unto Him. He wants to unite everything in you. You know, He wants to unite your broken childhood with His healing authority as Father. He wants to fill heaven into this earthly vessel so that you would have the joy of heaven instead of the despair of earth. He wants to build a dwelling place so that you are never, ever alone. That He is with you always. And you would recognize that. To fill you with the fullness of God. And so we're, we're not living to this capacity. And he's not only doing that to each one of us uniquely, but to us as a church, as a people. We are so caught up in our 21st century Western Christianity. We think that God operates out of 21st century Western Christianity. It is probably the most foreign form of Christianity that there is on the planet. We think God likes just our western songs. What if you were to ask God and he said, oh yeah, my hands down favorite tune is, uh, there's, there's this Mongolian song that they sing in Mongolia that is just, ah, my favorite. You speak Mongolian? I thought you were white. Oh, did I say that out loud? Come on, we form Jesus after our image. Do you know how off the mark we are? Do you understand what I'm trying to get at here on the fullness of God? What we're making Him out to be? What if when we get there we can't find Him because we can't recognize Him? That's Jesus? Oh, you'll find Him because you'll know the heart and the love. Come on. We've we've built this form that we put Him in, and He says, I want to bust down every wall, every conception. I want you to know who I am. I want to fill you, that I would fill all aspects of your mind and your being. God, break us. God, fill us. So this morning, this is all an introduction to next week's sermon. Because, how he's going to do this, I'm going to give you the practical application. How in the world is he going to unite all things together in him? How in the world is he going to bring heaven into earth? How is he going to bring a dwelling place in me for the God's Spirit? How is he going to fill us with the fullness of God himself, over all, through all, and in all, that all things might be filled by him? The way he's going to do this is through the fivefold ministry. Of apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. In other words, the very DNA of Jesus himself. The only way he can do it is that he does it. That he does it. And I'm going to show you that Jesus, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher... That DNA of who he is, is in you by the Holy Spirit. And that five-fold presence of Jesus in you is what is going to search your heart and expand in its capacity to bring the fullness of God into you and into the church and into this world and into this culture and into the fullness of time. You ready for it?